Welcome. My name is Paula Ramirez and this is Chicana Mom Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking Chicana moms and their familias. We talk about life, parenting, the emotions we go through as human beings, the journeys of the struggles and triumphs, life stories, God, education, music, and more. I strongly believe we're connected in this world. Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Hello, I hope you guys are doing amazing today. And I was trying to figure out how to start my podcast. And I actually came up with this name called Corazon Tribe. And I feel that as individuals in this planet that God created for us, you know, we're all trying to give a piece of our heart out to each other. We're just trying to share love. I know some people are pretty much spreading the opposite, jealousy, um, hatred, you know, and anger. But those are the people that actually need the love more than anyone else. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you guys my Corazon Tribe. Um, not my Corazon, but it's Corazon Tribe. But either way, you guys, um, as you hear me speak, I'm, I hope you can hear me out by speaking from the heart. So all my fathers and mothers and all in the individuals out there who listen to my podcast, you're part of this Corazon tribe. Um, all these amazing comadres, um, sisters, friends, etc. Um, but also to my male supporters because I have them out there. And I so appreciate that. It is pretty cool to know that. Um, and so you guys are all part of my Corazon tribe. It's not called my Corazon, it's called Corazon tribe. Okay. So I'm going to kind of like, uh, work out an intro and see how it comes out. But either way today, um, I will talk to you about a topic that is pretty interesting. And, but before I get to that, actually, I want to tell you that I'm really excited to start school. I am going to, this is my fourth, my fifth um, semester, and I'm really excited. It's like my first day of school. I don't know, I love this program, uh, MSW program. It is so beautiful. And what I would love to do is work with foster children or um, also children with disabilities and or adults with disabilities. So I'm just, you know, praying to God, like, you guide me. Where do you want me? And I will do the work. But so far, right now as I speak, um, I am learning and I am at the same time helping people in my center and in my internship. But I love it. I really love, you know what? Um, I believe in humans. I really do. I believe in God. And we're a piece of God. And I think that we all have that good in us. It's just that some find it very difficult to really just bring it out because they're product of their environment. But that's my dream to work with foster children and 
or children with disabilities or adults. You know, I'm saying this right now, but obviously God has his own plan for me and that's fine. Um, but today, actually, I want to talk to you about La Chancla, La Famosa Chancla, that um, as Chicanas and Chicanos, we grew up seeing and feeling. <laughs> and this topic actually came up from one of my good friends, Joey. So shout out to you, Joey, um, for this recommendation on this topic. He doesn't have kids, but he's really involved in church and he loves his nephews. Um, and he's a really outgoing guy. Aren't you, Joey? Aren't you? He loves to dance, by the way. <laughs> but I actually saw him at my brother's um, stepdaughter's birthday and he was telling me that I should talk about La Chancla. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do talk about parenting, but obviously, because there's, there's so many amazing topics to talk about, I'm just like, okay, I want one, one each week because <laughs> I get so too excited. So, and also, you guys, um, I will be having a guest speaker, um, and it's Father John Paul. So shout out to you, Father John Paul. I need to bring it down on the the cussing. I know. I'll do it. I'm going to do it for you. (laughs) I don't do it to disrespect anyone at all. And I hope no one takes it in that way, but I just kind of like, I guess, spit them out here and there. But yeah, I'm going to tone it down a lot, Father. So shout out to you. So today, um, the topic is La Chancla, La Famosa Chancla. And what that means is our parents, Mexican parents, um, would actually get a sandal and they would just throw it at us or just hit, hit us with it, um, so that we can listen. And reality is you guys, that is child abuse. That's physical child abuse. Like how is that even acceptable? Like, well, it's not acceptable, but I think we would see that often way, uh, way back. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some that still do it now, but now it's just getting very difficult. You hit a child with an item, your kids can get removed through DCFS or however you guys know them by CPS. Um, And it is a very serious thing. So that chancla can, it's something else. Um, So I want to share with you something. Growing up, I did get the chancla. I would get the belt and not just the belt. It had, in Spanish, it's called the avia, the belt buckle. I think that was only like once or twice that I got it. But I know that I wasn't, um, obviously, who who was a perfect, you know, adolescent. But I grew up in a home where my mom was very hardcore. Um, She was very physically abusive, very verbally abusive towards me growing up. And I became the product of, of my environment, if that makes sense, because... She was so, she would always yell and then I would give her what she would give to me because she was raising me. So she set the tone and it was just a complete battle. But our, my relationship with my mom is so much better now, but I understand why my mom actually was like that because she grew up in a home environment, unfortunately, where her parents, um, she loved dearly, but they weren't very supportive um, and there for her as the way she needed to, for them to be there for her, if that makes sense. 
Um, so I understand. I totally understand my mom. And as an adult, thank God. Because I know there's still adults that are not able to understand like, why is my mother and father so negative. But if you are that type of person and you don't understand, like, why did I get hit with the chancla all the time? Or why did I always, or with any other item or no item at all, but you would get hit and our, you know, your parents were very aggressive and angry all the time. And you still question that as an adult now, I honestly encourage you to understand and to learn the story behind your father and mother, the way they grew up, because it makes a profound difference when you're able to understand that they suffered. And because they suffered, you know, hopefully there's that compassion um, in you to understand like, wow, like, okay, I need to vocalize to my father and mother that I don't appreciate this. But that's the thing though, sometimes even in our culture, um, a lot of people have a difficult time expressing how they think and feel because that's not something that a lot of families are used to and it's understandable, but it is doable. It's so doable. Um, and sometimes I think personally that our daily routine ha- is so robotic that sometimes we don't make that time to spend quality time with our older parents and just sit with them and talk about the stories Um, I know now as an adult, my mom will talk to me about things that she went through and it's really hard for her to still uh, overcome those. I I would, I would call traumas that she's had a difficult time, but I have to say she's come a long way. I mean, she's come a long way, but I obviously whoever achieves perfect, like, like, okay, I'm, I'm like perfect and I'm good. Like, no, we're always going to have something that we need to look forward to, um, to improve in ourselves. But I know I got the chancla, the cinturón or whatever the hell I was, <laughs> she, uh, my mom would get. Because my dad, on the other hand, um, I just remember him like slapping me one time and that's because I was a teenager and I would roll my eyes and I was, I was rude. So, but my dad, uh, he never, after, like after that, he never, that was the one and only time in my whole entire life. My mom, I understand she was always home with us and it was just crazy. But I love my parents very much and I know their story, you know, their story is, I mean, I have a story, you guys have a story and it's just going to continue on, you know, it's not going to be a perfect one, but as long as we don't treat our kids with the chancla, you know, and I do want to talk about that in this podcast, the importance of not repeating that cycle of abuse with la chancla or some sort of item or no item, but not just items itself, but also like the words that we're using, the body language or the things that we're not saying that we should be saying or, you know, things like that. But that's a topic for today, you guys, la chancla, la famosa chancla. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Let's start. Okay, so la chancla, el cinto, la varilla, la escoba, you know, it could be the sandal, the belt, the belt buckle, a broom, whatever it is that you saw coming. Wow, like. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I, I get it. I was there myself. And it's a very, um, 
it's a very challenging thing to see like, oh shoot, my mom or my dad is getting something to hit me. I had one client many, 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 many years ago and he was sharing that he, his dad would tell him, because he would live in Mexico, his dad would tell him, go outside, out somewhere in the field, grab a branch any branch and I want you to bring it back because that's what I'm going to hit you with. When he told me that, I was like, wow, oh my gosh. Like he would have to go out there, grab a branch, bring it to his dad so that his dad can beat him. I mean, I'm sure there's more insane situations um, in which, you know, parents back in the days abuse their children. But I think, you know what, it's still happening now, unfortunately. You know, there's still a lot of parents who physically hit their children. Um, And that's something we need to stop doing. There's no need to hit a child or to hit anyone. I'm going to give you guys an example of what I tell my clients in my groups. Um, Whenever there's a little baby and the baby's trying, you know, let's say the baby's in the walker, okay? If the baby's in the walker and then there's a plant that you have in your living room, that little baby is so curious, so it kind of like walks to where the plant is and is trying and is yanking the leaves off. Obviously, it doesn't know that you know he shouldn't, he or she shouldn't be doing that. So some parents what they'll be like, what they'll say, oh my god, I'm like stuttering here. <laughs> what they'll say is like, don't touch that. No, I'm gonna give you pow pow. And guess what? The baby looks at you and just looks at the plant and then looks at you and then looks at the plant and doesn't care what you say. They grab the plant again. So it's just consistency, obviously, to follow through so the child understands, but without physical abuse. But a lot of the times, what did the parents say in the beginning? If you touch it again, I'm going to give you pow pow. First of all, does a child even know what pow pow means? Um, some know because obviously maybe they've never been hit yet. Um, or some know because they know because they've been hit already. Right. So the pow pow in baby language means I'm going to hit you. That's what it means. Right. So the, the parent then grabs the little hands and slaps the little hands and hits them. Sometimes it, I don't know how hard, sometimes maybe a little slap just so they can like not touch. But right there, you guys, right there where that parent decides to do that pow-pow into the child, they're already sending the biggest message to the child. You have to hit someone to get what you want. Do you understand that? You have to hit your child so that your child can get fear so that he or she can stop doing what you expect them to not do. So that's a behavior that they learn at a very young age and they continue to mimic. Sometimes some parents in my groups have told me, Paula, what do I do when my child is hitting other kids and he's in kinder? Like, I don't even know what to do because I always get all complaints that my child is hitting other kids in his class. And then I give him the same example. I said he or she has seen this before because either he or she has been hit. And they've modeled that. And the parents sometimes don't admit it. And there's some that are like, you know what? You're right. I did do that. 
And in the beginning, we were laughing because he would hit people like thinking it was cute, but now it's not cute anymore. So it all starts in the beginning of how we present to our kids physical abuse. Like if it's okay, it's out of, you know, it pretty much sends a message of, you know, you hit someone to get what you want. And look at our society, you guys. There's a lot of individuals. I have my anger management classes and I talk about this with them. I said, there's no need for you to get physical with anyone. I understand that you have to defend yourself. I said, but because you guys are in my class, you know, now you know, you because your life is important. I don't know. I tell them your life is important to me, but your life should be more important to you than it is to me. Does that make sense? And they think about it. I said, if someone doesn't like you, there's no need for you to go and be like, hey, I heard you, you know, you don't like me. Um, what's up? And you want to get in a fight. I said, why? first of all, why do you want to get in a fight with someone physically? Because he or she doesn't like you. They're going to hate you even more. It makes things worse. But you know what it is? That you actually do care what that person is saying. So the reason I'm talking about this situation is because remember that baby that was growing the plant and the parent did pow pow and then that's the message that the child got and then they take it in through their whole entire childhood and then um, adolescence and then um, into the adulthood and they mimic the same thing so we need to be very careful of how we are raising our children we can't be programming them with violence they need more love, confidence, nurturing, etc., so that they feel productive, so that they can give out love. Yes, love hurts. Yes, because no one's perfect. We have to suffer to appreciate happiness. But this topic of today, which is la chancla, and we might laugh about it because we're all we've all been there at some extent, or maybe not all, majority of us have been there. Um, we can laugh about it, but it's not funny because it was physical abuse. And it was emotional abuse, psychological abuse. It wasn't needed. But, you know, it happened. And from here on, it's just moving different, moving on so different in life so that with us raising our children, we don't hand over the same habits. Does that make sense? So it's so different. When I was growing up, I didn't, I didn't have a communication with my mom. I think now I do, but I still, it, it feels awkward sometimes to kind of, actually I shouldn't even say awkward. There's times where I don't really sit with her and vet my emotions with her because it's been like 30 something years and I, we've never really done that. There's times where I talk to her and I tell her about certain things, but for me to go and like, let me get comfort from my mom that really doesn't happen. It doesn't. And it sucks because I remember growing up um, not having that affection for my mom. Now, I'm not saying that she she didn't love me. She just left me in her own way, which was really challenging to kind of figure out, by the way. Um, There was times when I was an adolescent and I was like, I just want to hug my mom. I just need a hug because I felt like I was alone throughout my whole entire adolescence um, emotionally because I didn't have an emotional support. So I grabbed on to my friends and I don't know what else the heck. God, actually, because I was part of a youth group um, back in the days, and it was so much fun. But, you know, after that, it, I don't know, I, I honestly, I need to think about that a little bit more. Like, no, first of all, I shouldn't even think about that because I already know. I hold on to God. I really did. 
every time I was going through something, I would hold on to him. But either way, all of these things that we go through when getting la chancla growing up, it is all that, you guys. It's physical, psychological, emotional abuse. And I think, I don't know, I think majority of us have actually um, experienced one of those or all of them. Um, because no one really is raised in a very perfect manner. And that, I think that's the beauty of life. You know, there's so many challenges that it's just so like interesting to either we get stuck there or we move on in order for to move on. I feel like it's like those goals that we have to create so that we can look forward to, um, as we're living here on this planet. But I don't know. What do you guys think? That's just my opinion. So when a chancla is used, I'm going to keep saying a chancla <laughs> because that's the topic of today. But like the physical abuse, um, parents used it um, because it was more of fear. They wanted their children. Our parents wanted us um, growing up uh, to fear them versus respect them. You know why? Because fear was easier to bring to the table than respect. Respect takes, it takes, takes time to build, to be consistent. Um, fear, on the other hand, is kind of like at the moment, you know. Fear is like that threat of like, if you don't do this, just watch what's going to happen. So we're, it's like parenting out of fear versus respect. And we cannot raise our kids with fear. Because imagine, if a child is raised with fear, there's no confidence. They don't feel loved. And guess where they end up throwing that back out? Into their own relationships, their work habits, and our society in general. You know? Um, So we need... To show respect. Now, let me just talk a little bit about respect. Um, I think that some parents have a difficult time showing their children respect because they feel like they are, just because they are the parent, they are better than the child or they know more than the child. And yes, I understand. The parents might know more about the world because of their experience here on earth. Um... But respect itself doesn't require for you to live 30 years and then to hand it over. Like, no. And or they don't, kids don't, um, even if they're kids, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I guess as I'm saying this too, I'm thinking right now, you guys, because my brain just goes and goes when I talk about parenting. It's just like, I love it. Um, when we tell our kids, respect your elders. Oh my God, you guys. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Let me explain to you why. When we tell a child, respect your elders, I feel like we're just dismissing them. We're dismissing the fact that adults need to respect children too. And so some parents, I mean, well, parents, some adults are, you know, going around like, yeah, respect your elders. You know, you got to respect me. It's like, calm down, calm down. (laughs) Children also need respect. Because we, well, I'll say I'm 38. So my generation, um, we were the, we were kids back in the 80s. And 
we are adults now. So our children are the next generation and so forth. So we want to make sure we cultivate um, great, amazing things so that they get inspired. They express their love, their consistency, their compassion, their um, empathy towards others. So how do our children fear parents? Well, by a parent giving their own child a negative label, by calling them an idiot, stupid, moron. Sometimes you don't even have to say those words to make someone feel that way. So parents can provide a very negative label um, and then the child acts up. And if the child acts up, there's those behaviors that those parents don't like and then that's when the physical abuse can happen. The other thing is the demands. The demands um, and the threats that a parent can do. Like, it's my house, my rules. Now, let me tell you something about that. Um, if you have ever said that, I would encourage you to stop. Because if you say that comment to your child, my house, my, my rules, then you're pretty much saying that this is not your home. This is only mine, so get out. That's why there's a lot of teenagers who say, once I'm 18, I'm going to leave. If your teen is saying that, it's because they don't feel part of the family. I don't know. That's just my way of seeing things and what I have learned, what I have heard from other people um, and what I have lived. I remember saying that. I said, once I'm 18, I'm going to get out of here. Like, are you kidding me? I can't continue living in this like chaos. Um, but because I would hear that statement as well. Like, if you don't like it, when you get older, you can get, the, when you get older, you can get the hell out of here. And I tried my best. I was so desperate to wanting to leave because I did not feel loved, heard, and etc. Um, so that's how a parent can bring in fear by demands, negative labels, threats, control. You know, that control of like you're going to do um, everything I say based on my expectations, based on my checklist, not yours. And it doesn't, it's not supposed to go that way. The anger. Now, this is the thing, when we parent our children, yes, we all get angry. What parent doesn't? But there's so many like levels of anger. You can be like, okay, I'm mad at my child because they threw away their vegetables. <laughs> or I'm, I'm mad at my child because my child got a B. Or I'm mad at my child because my child ditched. Or I'm mad at my child because my child is doing drugs. I mean, there's so many, so many scenarios that can happen, but one of the things I highly encourage parents to say to their kids, um, whatever age is like, you know what, just telling our kids this, I don't know if I made sense right now, but, um, telling them this, just because I am angry does not mean I don't love you. They need to hear that because when a child sees their parents angry, they don't feel loved, especially depending on each parent of what they're saying uh, with the words, their body language. I mean, I don't know. That's It, it can intimate, intimidate a child. So anger is something we need to control. So the way I describe anger is like you drinking venom expecting the other person to die. That's how I see it, no matter who it is. And then... We wonder as parents, like, why is my child, why does he have an anger problem? Um, I tell parents, well, maybe you would like to see yourself in a mirror 
to understand yourself first as to where your anger is coming from because what you see in front of you is like a reflection of you. Your child will behave the way you behave because they're going to mimic you. They live with you, right? They see you like every day. So they're being programmed based on how you behave. And making sure that we don't have these like false, well, assumptions, that's what I'm saying. Um, We have to trust our kids that they're telling us the truth. Um, In order for us not to give our children fear is that we have to build trust with them. You know, fear is something where you're scared. Obviously, fear is scared. Um, But it's something that can be worked on because you're afraid of the unknown. If my child, if I let him or her do whatever they want, then they're going to get out of hand and no, 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 no. Let me just nip this in the butt right now and it's better for me just to scare them. And then that's when the threats come in. If you don't do that, just watch what's going to happen. You're not going to go out for the rest of the year. Or I'm going to take away your phone. You you can't discipline, I mean, punish a child um, with threats when you haven't talked about your child about a plan. And what I mean by that is like, you don't want to just reach out to your child. And I mean, what I mean, reach out is like, you don't want to go towards your child and just hit them because they didn't do anything. Um, they didn't do what you told them to. The best way to have a relationship with their kids is to talk to them, to communicate and tell them, look, it seems like there's a pattern at night. Um, when I tell you to go brush your teeth, um, what's going on? Why don't you like to brush your teeth? You'll be surprised sometimes what kids will say, well, it's because that toothbrush hurts my teeth. Or um, sometimes it's not going to make sense. Maybe sometimes just laziness. But there's always a way for anything, for them to master a skill so that you can tell them, okay, this is going to be the plan. And then you tell me what you think and you give me your idea so we can negotiate this. Some parents don't like negotiating. with. They're like, why do I have to negotiate with my child? Well, why not? Well, because I shouldn't. And that's usually I get that comment with parents who are just authoritative, the ones that are controlling, the ones that bring in the fear um, versus respect. And then with time after repeating, they understand, okay, I get it. Now I understand why you said negotiating is important. So we want to talk to our kids and have a plan before besides just you know throwing threats out there or any type of physical abuse. But... Now let's hop over to how can children um, or how can parents give more of a respect vibe or environment with their children. So nurturing is so important. The bond that you have with your baby when he or she is born is like the most beautiful, amazing, profound impact ever. Money can't buy that, you guys. When you have your baby, love them not spoiling them, love them, nurture them. You don't want to also raise a child that's very needy. You want to make sure that you give them their independence at their age level so that they have this, so you can help them establish that confidence in them, that they can do things. Um, Nurturing is so important also with adolescents. I have a teenager, you guys, and at first he would like, kind of like, don't touch me. Like, you know, trying to like, don't kiss me, don't hug me. And I, that didn't stop me. 
honestly. I was like, it's okay. You can feel that, but I'm still going to hug you. It's okay. And I kept doing it. And, and you know what happens now? He lets me hug him. He does. I'll be driving and I'll just randomly hold his hand and while he's sitting in the passenger. And I'll just like massage his hand or I'll, I'll squeeze his, his arm. And I'll t- uh, this is what I tell him. I said, I love you. You're awesome, man. I love your dignity. Like I have to, call, I have to tell him these things because I need to feed him, and with a lot of positive affirmations, um, because I didn't get that. So I'm not going to continue that chunkla <laughs> or the physical. No, I, no, 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 no. That is not going to happen. And that's something that as a society we need to stop. You know, we can't be doing that. So being able to also you know, nurture adolescents is beautiful. For those of you who have adolescents, when was the last time you hugged them? Some of you may say, oh, I hug my child all the time. But guess what? There are parents that say, you know what? Um, I, I haven't hugged my adolescent in a while because they don't let me. I said, well, don't let that, that um, their hormones or whatever you want to call that um, take over. You go ahead and hug them at any time. Um, because that's when they need it the most, you know, adolescents are in a very challenging developmental stage. They're not little kids and they're not adults. They're in the middle and they're trying to find out themselves. And in order for them to know who they're going to be is by teaching them, um, how to think, giving them two choices, giving them the nurture, the love, communicating with them and being consistent because that's what builds trust. Consistency. Being consistent with with anything, anything works. It really does. Loving them, loving our children and making sure they feel the love because there's something called silent love. And silent love is that parent who just pays the bills, um, brings food to the table, takes you to school, buys you clothes and that's it. It's like a non-involved parent. And we don't want as parents to be bringing silent love. We need to bring in that deep, amazing love, which is like hugging, you know, it's like kissing them. It's telling them I love you. And um, what I tell my groups, my parents and the groups that I conduct, I say, you know what? I highly encourage you guys to tell your child this. I love you and you are important to me. If you tell your child that, I think, well, I mean, for God's sakes, oh my goodness, as adults, as adults, we still want to hear, hey, I love you. You are important to me. That's awesome to hear, isn't it? I think so. So keeping promises with your children also play an important role in your child um, respecting you and you respecting your child because that's the building the trust, you know? You're being consistent and following through, which builds trust. Then that's where love kicks in, and then that's where the communication and the nurturing everything ties together. Um, if you can't promise your child something, then don't say it, okay? Because that's when resentment starts to creep up, and it's not a good thing. Now, we have to be patient. Oh man, I get a lot of parents in my group that say, I need patience. I said, okay, and then I'll go around, I have like 15 parents in the group. And a lot of them will say, I need patience. I need patience. And then when everyone's done, I literally say this. Okay. Majority of you said you need to be patient. And you know what I'm going to tell you guys right now? It kinda, and I kind of bring a little bit of the silence to get people's attention. 
slow down, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. And then they're looking at me kind of weird. But the reason I even talk about it, <laughs> I say it in that tone, is because people who are impatient are always in a rush. There's no need to live life in a very rushed manner. Enjoy it. Breathe it. Love it. Laugh. That is life. That is happiness. Being impatient is you're going to make a lot of mistakes. There's a saying, you guys. I hope you understand what I'm going to say right now. Because every time I say it, people are like, wait, say that again? So this is a story about um, a grandmother. Her um, granddaughter is actually changing her because um, the grandmother is old. She's older. They're going to go somewhere. So the grandmother tells her granddaughter, honey, can you please dress me slowly because we're in a rush? Does that make sense, you guys? I'm going to say it one more time. The grandmother tells his grand, her granddaughter, Honey, please change me slowly because we're in a rush. So pretty much what that means is that when you're rushing and you're being impatient, just slow down. You're going to focus more on what you're doing, on how you're responding, for example, to your children versus you rushing and making things worse and it's going to take more time for you to con- go back and fix all these mistakes that you messed up because you were impatient because your mind was somewhere else. It, I hope that really makes sense. But the reason I'm talking about patience and um, for parents to bring respect to the table versus fear, um, it's because it sets that tone of like, oh, we're enjoying the moment versus obviously not enjoying the moment. If that makes sense to you guys. I'm pretty sure I am, right? I keep saying that, if that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to stop that. Um, But other than that, I think that's those two things. You know, I don't think it's that difficult. I honestly think not. (laughs) Fear is something that, yes, it's normal, you guys. It's going to happen. But we can't let fear win. We need to have respect win. And in order for respect to win and to be brought into our lives we need to feed it with love with consistency if you're uh if you believe in god bring bring him in you know um and if you don't you know then if it's more of a spiritual approach whatever it is in a good manner in a healthy manner in a safe manner for you and your family bring it in nurture that um so let's stop using physical abuse and let's use love let's love our kids Who doesn't want to cooperate when they're being loved? There's no need to bring fear to the table to like for our kids to to fear us. I mean, oh man, I know the feeling of that growing up, fearing my mom. I couldn't do anything because I was like, oh, my mom, my mom's going to get mad at my own. So I think I was traumatized. I think it's some sort of PTSD (laughs) or maybe I'm over it now. (laughs) But either way, let's not traumatize our kids, you guys. I think we're, we're all working really hard to make sure that our kids live a happy life and so that they don't get traumatized. But let's not be the ones that are causing that trauma, okay? So don't use a chancla, don't use the belt, don't use the broom or whatever the heck you have. Items or no items, talk to your children, bond with them, love them, and be consistent. Thank you so much for listening to me. I wish you guys the best in everything that you do. 
and you'll hear me next week on Sunday. Thank you guys. Take care, breathe, and love yourself. Bye.